0: mindfulness mode 492
1: but this experience also showed me that life is short it doesn't matter your gender genetics you can get sick really quickly
0: reach new heights of calm focus and happiness here on mindfulness mode and mindful tribe here's something for you it's a 12 minute meditation to help you be alert and be focused right after you wake up to feel invigorated, fresh and dynamic. You can download it at mindfulnessmode.com slash awaken with focus. So I hope you enjoy that mindful tribe. And without further ado, let's move ahead to today's episode, which is all about working smarter, not harder. Sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. Mindful Tribe, you know, maybe you're one of those people that you've just worked and worked and worked and you're putting in, you know, 60, 70, 80 hour weeks and you're exhausted and next week is going to be another one and you're like, how do I keep up this pace, but I have to? Well, this is your lucky day because you're here, I mean, we're here to learn about how we don't have to experience this. I have Sabrina Runbeck. On the on the call today. Hey Sabrina, are you in mindfulness mode today?
1: Yes, I think so. I think every day is
0: <laughs> Sabrina, it's great to have you here. It really is. And you are the expert at how to turn off this mad rush that so many of us are living in. Uh but first I want to ask you, what does mindfulness mean to you?
1: I think mindfulness means mindfulness for me is being more self-aware. Um, knowing what your presence are, um what your core values are, how are you actually showing up in life? Am I just going with the flow, but allowing mediocrity taking over myself? or am I constantly in the mode of growing self-development and just simply feel satisfied in everyday life?
0: I think that's a huge part of it, feeling satisfied, feeling contentment. Sabrina Runbeck has found passion in helping professionals with high-demanding careers to live the lifestyle they deserve so they can enjoy their success. She believes everyone has the inner ability to gain more control and find life's satisfactions. So she's on a mission to help them succeed. Now, at one time, going back, Sabrina worked 80 hours plus every week herself, in the healthcare field. And she began to realize that there was a better way. And that's when she cracked the code to working smarter, not harder. So I'm very excited to learn how you cracked the code, but tell us about your life back then when you were in healthcare and you were go, 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 going, what was your life like?
1: Yeah, so I haven't really left at all. I'm still working full time in heart lung surgery. But back then, I think when I came out, I just felt like, oh, I'm young. It's okay if I'm working X amount of hours, you, you get over it, right? And I think that most of us thought if uh, we have a demanding job, it just come with the job. So if you show any signs of weakness, which one of my surgeon did say, if you ask for help, that's a sign kind of weakness. So yeah. of course, you're in that environment of you figure things out, right? And it it was until one of my big moments was with one of my patients. So it was about three years back, and I got a call for a consult. Typical afternoon, the surgeon was telling me this is the urgent case. So okay. You know, typically thing is check their charts, see what happened with the patient so I don't show up blind. Sure. And what I found was really shocking Mm -hmm. from what I read, because he was only in his early 30s, young guy, and no prior pre-existing conditions. Not like our typical heart patient who are older with a slew of medical problems, right? Yeah. Nothing. But he already has three open heart surgeries. Oh, wow. Yes. And the more we open the chest, the higher risk it gets, right? Yes, of course. Yeah. So really with a heavy heart, I went to see the patient and tried to get his side of the story, not just what I read about him. So I in, I saw two little kids playing at a corner. My young patient is sitting on the set of bed with an oxygen mask on. You know that his condition is pretty poor. Despite that, a lot of heart patients do have heart failure and they do need an oxygen support, but he's young. Yeah. And the wife looked like super worried and all wrinkly and stood up to grieving. So what I learned from them was it took them four emergency room visits for them to find out that he had a heart issue. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Let's we'll see. Y- you know It's one of those things that when we're young, we don't think our health is a true issue. So when you're having cough and cold symptoms, you just let it pass, right? Right. Until you get too tired, you really feel like you couldn't function. And then you kind of trying to push through what really is the bottom line. So what happened is, was that he had a infection in one of his heart valves, the mitral valve particularly which is uh, a door that opens, closes, push blood forward, particularly from the oxygenated blood, from the lung into the heart. So if you think about these valves are not opening and closing, right? Of course, you're not getting enough blood to the rest of the body. You're going to feel tired and you're not going to breathe right. And when the couple found out the initial issue, they were relieved right to know oh, okay now we have a solution let's do something about it and then three heart surgery later he didn't feel that much better and then he ended up in our hospital uh, i'm in houston you know it is biggest medical center in the world It's where you want to be for heart surgery but nevertheless we went through detail in planning on recovery on every step of the way and with the whole team's help were able to give him a new valve, and recovery was long, but I saw him every day for his entire hospital stay. And I learned who he was, how the family were about before surgery, and what they were looking forward to after, to really create that bond and confirm this is what I want to do. But this experience also showed me that life is short. Like, it doesn't matter your gender genetics you can get sick really quickly and if i'm not showing up as my ideal self i'm just working as a technician not just being who i am having the quality of life enjoying life as it is being more mindful about who i am now i'm not really living and that's what launches me to say plenty of people who enjoy their life and have career than they're proud of so how do they do it right so that really pushed me to say hey let me learn from all the high performers out there let me go to summits. let me read more let me do my own research what are the psychology behind functioning uh, of daily basis what are the simpler easier ways that we can actually adapt into the the type of people like us who feels like you know, sometimes we don't even eat or drink because then we feel like, oh, I, I can't even go to the bathroom. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You put yourself into that kind of high standard instead of saying, it's actually okay to take care of your own soul. If you can't take care of yourself, how are you going to provide for anybody else? Yeah,
0: exactly. So you change everything for yourself in your life. And what, did that happen all at once or was it a gradual
1: process? It, it is a gradual process so my message is about falling back in love with what you do because particularly medicine or law or any field where you have taken years of training and study you don't just work so many years to hate what you're doing you did it because you love it in certain degree you want to keep going so when I start changing, I gone through my little system of, okay, if I'm unhappy, what am I happy about? If I, what can I do about the things I'm not happy with? Um, And what else can I do in addition to everything that's happening to me? Can I use my creativity to change my environment into something that I actually would enjoy? So that being said, that I did try to do different proposals, uh, get more involved with leadership, you know, networking and leveraging my resources. But I also know all of us being mindful also know your boundaries and there's a healthy boundary. If things couldn't be established, then we should have the power, that inner strength to say, I'm gonna remove myself from the situation allow myself into a newer, healthier environment. So that is what I did. I
0: see. So you now help others to do the same thing. How do you do that? Do you do it through coaching? How do you help others?
1: Right. I do it through coaching, either one-on-one or small group. And just anyone just come through my path. I feel like I make an intention. If anyone who likes my posts, my content, I reach out to them. I don't wait for the other way around. If they like something, I want to see clearly they had an intention to want to know more. And then what can I be there for your service? And at the end of the day, I believe success means the people that had took on this great journey with me and be able to grow together. It's not that I learned something awesome and that I'm better than anybody else. No, I'm just like them. I'm just growing every day with you.
0: Oh, I love that. How do you use cross-functional modalities to improve your self-care?
1: I think is, one thing is the mindset, right? Um, everything comes down to the power of belief, power of the words. And then also use our physiology, so simple things like when you go to a presentation, right, and you are the expert on that subject, but we all have somehow self-doubt in a small piece of my mind and being nervous about it, right? right? That jitter can be a happy jitter, but mm-hmm. also can be somehow we, we haven't valued ourselves enough to say, hey, everyone's just human. I'm there, I'm just serving, I'm just speaking my mind. So if they love it, awesome. And if they don't love it, that's okay too, right? Um, so I think I, I use different things, even just physiology, posture, right? When we sit up, right? We look up and things start feeling more aligned. Even your neur- neurons, right? If we crunch in the fetal position, you're actually compressing on that spine and even for us, when we operate so much, like looking down all the time, you can get start getting neuropathies down your arms and all that, right? Same thing with bad posture when you walk and stand. So part of it is that physiology, knowing how to uh, take care of your own self. The other part is the mindset part. Like working through these emotions and thoughts that are your barriers instead of things that actually help you to accelerate.
0: Right, right. Well, you know, it's really interesting how you've been able to manage to do this, but I didn't actually ask you. You said you work in the healthcare field in the area of heart surgery. What do you actually do in that work?
1: Yeah, so I'm a heart and lung surgery PA. What I do is I diagnose, I help treat, I operate. For patients who have heart and lung bypass procedure, I'm the one who go in with the scope harvest the vein, which means I remove the vein so we can sew onto the heart as one of your bypass conduit. And we also use radial artery in the arm for people, usually the non-dominant hand, use that as conduit as well. Um, And um, I take care of patient in ICU, critical care unit, after they come out of surgery immediately and sometimes also in the step down, make sure they recover well before they get discharged home. And I also see them before surgery as a consult to see if they even need it, right? Yeah. Um, and and when they come back to see us a few weeks after discharge, that's like the whole picture. So I love surgery for that. I can see them the most needed. When they need a surgery, there's not really much option left. But I can see their whole recovery system from the very sick, right? Sometimes they do take a turn for the worse. But I also see them recovery, like come out this, Big surgery and complete a new person, and and go into a few weeks after and be able to actually go back to their life again. And that's, that's phenomenal. It. Yeah.
0: So so most people would refer to you as a surgeon, as a heart surgeon, correct?
1: A surgical PA.
0: A surgical PA, and the PA stands for
1: physician associate. Physician, physician
0: associate. Is. Okay. Uh, my mom is going to be having heart surgery soon in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh it will be uh non-invasive surgery so they're they're okay. going in through the thigh
1: okay if to repair a valve file?
0: yeah to okay. repair okay. a valve
1: most likely yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah
1: yeah very good recovery one to two days day after surgery and she'll be back it's a very straightforward procedure
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're very excited for her because she's, you know, feeling very poorly at this point and she's on oxygen now. She started oxygen yeah. a month or two ago because her valve is not working well. And right. so, yeah, so she's going through a, a difficult time right now. So yeah, we're excited and, and hoping that it is going to be a very positive experience and she'll be feeling so much better afterwards, just like you described.
1: Yeah. as. Minimally invasive surgery nowadays has been growing a big field, and then it's definitely allowing patients to have less hospital stay and faster recovery time. So it is an exciting area.
0: And what is the mindfulness behind someone whose heart is failing? Because I've noticed that people who have heart issues, a lot of times they start to shut down mentally. Sometimes they start to give up. Do you find that?
1: Yes. There are actually studies being shown that people who go to heart surgery are heavily associated, strongly associated with depression. Yes. Reason why I couldn't even tell you, but we did see that trend. So something that we brought to, we have talked about, brought the brain to practice is that uh, it's something I'm actually building for my uh, hospital as well, is to have a website with a specific pre-op information portal for families and patients. And we want to ask specific questions before surgery to say, what is it that you ultimately want? Right? I think that's the same question we will ask friends, family, or clients when they come to you with a problem is that is your desire just so you can go to the grocery store and with your spouse. Is your desire because you want to live enough to see your granddaughter get married. What is that that you're really looking forward to? And then to offer, okay, now the surgical plan is X, Y, Z. If you did get an open heart surgery, going through the surgery is not that difficult. But recovery is the time that you really need to be careful on. But can we hold you accountable for yourself? And with the help of us and home physical therapy, nursing aid, for you to get recover to the point so you can go to your granddaughter's wedding and you're not needing oxygen again. You can go to grocery store, shop with your spouse, and you don't have to just wait in the car because you can barely move before you get short of breath. And going back to that mindfulness of goal driven care and we're not just to say oh yeah if you don't get this down you're bound to have a heart attack well that doesn't really sink in with people what we are all driven is our own intrinsic value yeah
0: that's true and so for yourself how do you keep yourself healthy you know while you're doing this very demanding work that you do
1: yeah so finding out what triggers that i have to keep my energy up I think that was my number one step is that I know and my husband knows this too. If I don't eat, I get cranky. So I made a point to eat on time where my on time means like two hour buffer window, right? I'm consciously knowing I need to have breakfast. If I have to go into surgery for eight hours, then I definitely have a good meal in the morning. And then we meal prep as well. So when I come out of OR, I'm not just grabbing something random and eat bad stuff into my body. I actually something prepared and I eat it then. And I also keep myself hydrated. I also know that when I'm dehydrated, you're not actually allowing your brain to get filled, right? And (laughs) in nursing stations, you have these like hydration stations where you can leave bottles. And I have a big one liter one at my desk as well. So I remember how many times I actually refilled it. And it is a noticeable difference why I didn't drink my three liters of water a day versus the uh, uh, days that I did. And there are also research showing healthier living is by drinking enough water, right? And you can also allow your kidney to filter out all the bad stuff as well. So those are my like two key things that I know will recharge my energy, and I also build in these mindfulness exercise, at least I do it two or three times a day so I can reboot my mental battery.
0: What are these exercises like?
1: So the research has been shown yawning actually has the easiest way to shut our brain down, right? Because our crazy brain is always thinking about something and your endless to-do list just add another stuff, right? So yawning, what I do is I I consciously say like late morning is one time I know i usually not too busy, you know, finish rounding if I didn't have case, all that. And so all I do is sit at my desk, try to plug my headphone in, just block out the noise. I close my eyes. All I do is stretch and yawn, Because when we yawn, we decrease blood flow to our frontal lobe, and that's where most cognitive process behavior changes going at and that's where blood flow the most right when you're thinking and when you start to decrease the blood flow to that area of course you force yourself to shut down your mind from thinking all the time and give yourself a break some people will ask me when I taught it to others oh how do you make yourself young it's quite easy. If you wanted to make yourself do anything, you can. And yawning is so contagious. So uh, all I do is just stretch and yaw, Um, and um, um, that's as simple as that. And I only do one minute, right? I don't really need to do a 10-minute meditation, something quick and you can do, uh, even in the restroom, right, if you just step away for a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's good advice. It's very interesting. Do you meditate?
1: I meditate before I go to bed. I'm the type of person, I'm not a morning bird, so I'm the day person. And I like to work into the nighttime to help my brain to shut down more. When I do go to bed, I put the heavy rain sound from Alexa, and then I allow myself going through meditation by just counting and meditating through my own voice. I like
0: that. I always ask a question about bullying. Do you have a story for us where maybe you were bullied at one time or maybe in your professional work or something like that, where mindfulness would have made a difference?
1: I think in my adulthood, I haven't felt like a true bullying. But when I was younger, I did feel that way. I moved here from China when I was 12 years old. So at that time, I was just learning the language, really just figuring out who I am. You know, a new teenager... The world is big. Everything is new. And then, of course, people who would make fun of my accent, they will say, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Teachers will ask me questions that other kids would talk. Like, I think language is something that when you're learning, you most likely understand what other people are telling you, but you, you don't have the ability to respond yet. So right. I was kind of stuck in that space. Um, and then... I think then it's when you are a child, you don't know how to deal with shame, right? That's that's the, it's not even fear, it's shame. How do I not able to respond, right? Right. Um, And I think at that time, if I knew how to have mindfulness exercise, the number one thing should be, well, I know who I am even though I don't know how to communicate in the language that other people prefer, but I know my own value. I, I know the subject is discussing. So if I can be more mindful at the time, I think I, I would continue to love myself more and not be affected by how other people are chiming in. Um, and actually, in essence, um, in the present days, Anyone who's uh, publishing any articles, be on podcasts per se, we're all putting ourselves out there, right? To some point, we're bound to have some people say negative things about us. No matter how much positive things that we're saying, someone's going to take the wrong way. So at that point, we might feel like, did I say something wrong? Mm -hmm. Or is that that person's interpretation is different? You know, and we can also go back to say the counter is that let me just focus down the people who actually love the message, because that's why actually they are to serve anyway. Right. And show us a little bit of appreciation, what I call give yourself a golden globe speech. (laughs) I feel that even we're just writing down things on journals, it doesn't reflect quite well as when we're speaking out loud and make things live. So even we're just standing in front of mirror to say, you know, I did good today. I was able to serve because I spoke to this person about their struggle with their extensive hours as well. We connected on that level. People felt they're not alone. So that's enough and that's okay.
0: Yeah, that is okay. Yeah, I appreciate that. As we move forward in the interview, Sabrina, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. And the first one is this. Oh, so I should say only 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person that has influenced mindfulness in your life?
1: I think from my training so far, I think mindfulness is, I like Brandon Burchard a lot. I went to his summit, his workshop, and following his training, so, yeah, that would be someone that would name. Be-
0: yeah, Brandon Burchard is awesome. I, I follow him as well. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Sabrina?
1: It allows me to be more self-aware, to say um, it's okay more often than just to say, what else do I have to do? And constantly just pushing and pushing it because then there will never be an end. If we're just allow ourselves, forgive ourselves sometimes a little bit, appreciate that moment of gratitude for everything we have done and pie ourselves in the back. Then we actually can start enjoying life a little bit more now, not just waiting for that big break.
0: Right, right. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness.
1: Oh, wow. It's everything. (laughs) In the morning, I always do two sets of yoga flow especially when I operate a long case. When, when I was younger, I didn't know how to protect myself, right? And you just punch over and I get be all awkward. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yoga, when I wake up, that's part of my breathing exercise with yoga. My breathing was my little mindfulness exercise throughout the day. And of course, my meditation before bedtime, that's non-negotiable.
0: <laughs> right. Can you recommend a book? that's related to mindfulness?
1: I think one of the books that came across my past recently was Mastery by George Leonard. To me, it's more like a self-awareness book to know that there are different types of people that move through life. What he called the dabbler who are like shiny object people, right? Like Mm -hmm. now it's trying X, Y, Z, but can't seem to find one thing that they can keep that true path and go forward. And then there's the obsessive. I feel like I'm a little bit of that, where you never give up. You just want to, the next thing. You wanted to get the easier way route. If you if something is not working, let me find another solution, right? But then sometimes you can also drive yourself crazy by just going and going and going. Yeah. And then he says there's a third type of people called the hacker. The hacker is once you get to a state, of plateau, he's pretty comfortable at a plateau because he doesn't really want anything else so I think in, in reality we kind of move through life in all three stages a little bit to you kind need to find a happy medium to say if you wanted to achieve anything you do have to have a big goal that's your guiding north star but on a daily basis you need to have the good habits that keep you going so you can't align yourself into that right path and not easily get pulled off and it's a long journey and that's I think how I define success is that journey that I wanted to take with the people it's not just the final destination because if we have one destination we got there then you're like no what
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so true are there any apps that you recommend that could be connected to mindfulness
1: I haven't actually been using apps, except I do ask like nighttime when I go to sleep, I'll put on the sleep sound. So that's the app that I would use. Um, I did find some studies on like brain sounds actually associated with better sleep calming as compared to some other sounds. But I'm sure everyone has their own preference and it's not going to make a huge difference.
0: So what is that app called that has the sleep sounds on it? It's.
1: Is I call it Alexa. So I know that if you go one hour before bedtime, you really shouldn't be playing with your phone because you make your brain too excited to fall asleep. So to counter that, I just ask Alexa.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. It really is. Well, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. And, you know, you have so much expertise in this area of of uh, learning how to simplify your life and, and make your life better. And your website, I just want to share that out there: SabrinaRunbeck.com forward slash assessment. So Sabrina is S A B R I N A Runbeck, R U N B E C K.com slash assessment. And that's A S S E S S. M-E-N-T. So go to sabrinarunbeck.com slash assessment. And what will we find there, Sabrina?
1: Yeah. So this, to thank everyone for listening in, um, I created this holistic life assessment because that most of us deep down, we're just being so busy crossing things off our checklist, but actually don't know how much time we actually spend and still feel like there's a whole lot of things to do. And we truly wanted to balance life, but we don't even know where to begin or where life truly is going. So before we can even dive in for anything, it's been getting clarity. And I found there's key 10 pillars of life which are intertwined. Because life is never just career or just finance or just family, right? So if we can learn these key components of life and learn our inner strength, then we can use that as building blocks for growth. And also learning what are these areas, then we can set targeted to for improvement. And ultimately it's being aligned to ourselves, knowing who we are, where we wanna go, and then we can jumpstart our life.
0: It's been a delight talking to you Sabrina you are a ray of sunshine and you've got so much wisdom and expertise so thank you so much for being on mindfulness mode
1: oh thank you so much for having me kind.
0: <laughs> my pleasure bye now And remember what I mentioned at the top of the show, Awaken with Focus, a 12-minute meditation just for you, recorded by me. You can be alert, focused after waking. That's what it's all about. Feel invigorated, fresh, and dynamic. Let your vibrancy feed those around you. Download this meditation to help you get going in the morning at mindfulnessmode.com slash focus.